here I am again. Thank you very much to everybody for joining us at what is another very uh, interesting panel on uh, German ship management, uh, what's next? Uh, I will uh, welcome all the panelists and I will um, turn the floor over to Pino Spadadora from RINA. I would like to thank all of you for being with us and I will let Pino introduce everybody and take over. Thank you, Nicolas. Good, uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to, to everyone. And um, thank you, of course, to all our panelists, uh, which will make this panel for sure very interesting. Thanks to Ian Beveridge from uh, Bernard Ship Management, Mark O'Neill from uh, Columbia Ship Management, Tim Ponant from NSD Group, Mikhail Silias from uh, Williamson Marine Kill Ship Management, Frank Kaiser from V Group and Rob Grohl from Zeeborn Ship Management. Michael, let's start from, uh, from you. Um, Williamson Marine Kill Ship Management is a new technical ship manager which is based in Hamburg and in Rune in Netherlands. The joint venture between uh, Williamson gives a huge service leverage and a stronger networking. But uh, why German companies like Arenkill and MPC Capital have made this important move to joining Williamson. Is there is a, a special reason for, for this or is it just a natural effect of the process? Yes, thanks for asking. Um, I don't think it's a natural effect. We, we are not lemmings and we are not following the others in a mass migration to put it this way. But I, I remember one concrete turning point, um, and that was when our customers asked us mid-2018 uh, to install exhaust gas cleaning systems for about 15 vessels. That's in this time, was in this time especially challenging when you find out that the systems must be ordered right today because of the limited availability, but you have to sort out the engineering later. So you buy something, but you don't know really what to do with it. I have to confess that this has brought our organization with around 100 employees to its limits at that time. Several of our superintendents have not seen the office for most of the year 2019 and because of also ongoing business and we uh, decided to change something. If you look around and, and consider options, the preferred option was to team up with a bigger organization to be more flexible to answer customer demands. And I think this is most important to be closer to the vessels. In addition, you have the decarbonization trend of our industry and new regulations like CII and EEXI, and this will provide plenty of challenges to owners and managers. But, but this is only the first part of my answer. The second part would be, if you have taken this decision, then you have to do the next one. And this is how to find the right partner to team up with. And if I, I may use the words of online dating platforms, I would call our choice for Willemsen uh, at the moment and from the last uh, couple of months, the perfect match. And I think there are four reasons why um, this is the perfect match in our opinion. The first one is both companies are family driven. So the Willemsen family is behind Willemsen and uh, the Schroeder family is behind MPC Capital. And both companies have at the same time access to capital markets, which is in my opinion, important. And we have a very similar asset light, asset heavy strategy. So on the Willemsen side, you have Valenius Willemsen as the owner for car carriers, and you have Willemsen ship management as managers. And on our side, you have MPC container ships on the owner side. And at that time, RNK steamship on the manager side. So that's the first point that, that we are both family driven. The second point is culture. When we founded RNK steamship back in 2014, I think the biggest takeaway was to know, to know about the importance of culture. And we felt in the course of the due diligence that we share a common approach in this aspect. So second is culture. The third one is complementary business fields. And I think we have complementary business fields. Whites Williamson has focused on car carriers, specialized tankers and bulk carriers. We have, as Arenke, focused on container vessels. And as most or many or all of my um, Co-panelists will agree there's a lot of value in sharing experience between uh, different shipping sectors. So furthermore, 
And that's also important. We had offices in Hamburg and in Rhone near to Rotterdam. And Willemsen has expanded its network with this. And together, I think we have access together with Willemsen Ship Service and the agency business. We have access to the biggest and largest maritime network globally. And this has become a big advantage in times of global pandemic with all the travel restrictions in place. And the fourth point is uh, strategy. I think we share a very similar view on future trends in ship management. We have both independently of each other developed our own strategies in terms of IT performance systems and, and all the, the stuff which is on the agenda today. And uh, Wilhelmsen has in addition, uh, or has been already active in autonomous vessels and more experience with alternative propulsion technologies, which is another advantage. So um, a very, a perfect combination. In I, my I view, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Ian, um, should the group uh, as a global network uh, in the major shipping location, internationalization and globalization is for sure is an important trademark for all the biggest shipping companies in Germany. And you own and manage practically every type of ships, I mean, LNG bunker ship, uh, ship which are supporting uh, uh, the wind industry. Uh, but uh, considering the actual trend of the, the shipping uh, in, uh, in Germany, where, 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 where your next business, your next tonnage is, is coming from? Um, well, I think that the, the topic for our panel is um, ship management in, in Germany and the uh, I mean, that's definitely an area we would like to, oops, to develop further. Um, yeah, we have to, I think, change the, the perception of, of Germany as a, as a ship management location. Um, I think the German uh, shipping cluster is strong, but it had its, uh, its heydays in the, in the days of the KG system where um, it had an ex a tremendous growth. And we built up a lot of uh, expertise and a lot of competency, um, but basically that was as a as an owner manager, which is quite different to a, a third party ship manager. So I, I think we need to to continue the the journey of changing the uh, mindset of uh, of the management operations in Germany to gear up more for third party ship management. So it's a it's a service business, and uh, and that is a still quite a long journey. Um, of course, internationally, it's, um, it's a very competitive business, um, but I believe that um, we can also successfully manage ships from Germany. I think the, the cost structure is, is com com uh, competitive, um, but I also believe that there's a, a need to continue to, to change how we manage vessels. So that means uh, more digitalization. Um, that means more um, different skills that we are um, accommodating. So I think in due course, we need to move away from the model that, that somebody has to have served on board a vessel for uh, 10 years or 15 years before they can be involved in, in, in the front line of ship management, um, which will help us uh, achieve, uh, attract more younger people into the business. Because of course, in Germany, we don't have a, a tremendous pipeline of, um, of seafarers. So we need to, to change how we manage the vessels and uh, I think we need to change the uh, perception of, of Germany as a ship management location. So that means um, enhance uh, the German maritime cluster, get better support from the, the local government, from the state government, and also advertise our capabilities. So uh, I, I think as Banner Schulter Ship Management, we'd like to continue to build up our capabilities here. Um, at the moment, we see more growth in Asia, but that's also because a lot of the the end users are in Asia, the, the ship owners, that's where the fleet expansion is happening. But um, I think in Europe, there's also still a lot of good uh, potential. And um, yeah, I think there's also uh, the scope for German uh, ship managers to, to also um, um, focus on, on higher value tonnage, so maybe LNG vessels or cruise vessels or uh, the offshore wind farm industry, which is on our, on our back door. So uh, installation um, vessels or jackups or, or service operation vessels. So, I mean, obviously there we would have a geographical advantage compared to somebody in Asia. 
So I think there's a lot of good reasons uh, for uh, ship management in Germany to succeed and prosper. Um, that we we are coming from a, a different um, environment where it was an owner manager environment, which is is quite a different mindset to a, a third party ship manager. So I think I've taken my my time slot. So uh, just to to so I mean I quote you. You say that in recently it, we moved from steel to services. So I mean it was really dif difficult. Uh, well, we we are still investing in steel because we are still a traditional ship owner, but we uh, we want to expand our um, our service palette. So um, not only ship management but also related businesses, and uh, I think it's a it's a healthy mix to have um, you know some equity tied up in in, in assets and steel, and then you know, trying to expand our service footprint. So. Yeah, a little bit like uh, like um, MPC with owning and 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 services and 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 Wilhelmsen and uh, uh, we are not the only ones, but um, of course not all, not all of our competitors are doing that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jan. Uh, Mark, um, the huge digitalization project of your company is of course in line with your uh, with your vision. I mean, vertical approach from uh, producers to consumers. Do you think uh, this trend uh, could help German shipping in keeping its identity as a big cluster uh, providing uh, um, high value of services and uh, high technological content in the services? Afternoon, Pino, and afternoon, uh, everybody. Uh, I think there are a, a number of assumptions in, in that question, which may or may not be true, but um, our focus on technology and on uh, digitalization is not so much about uh, vertical supply lines. Of course, they, they are important and the ability and the compatibility with those uh, supply lines and, and where does the ship manager, whether it's a German ship manager or any ship manager fit in, but it's more about uh, optimization. And, uh, you know, I think uh, people are seeing that more and more after the uh, almost frenetic talk uh, prior to the uh, pandemic uh, about digitalization and the need to digitalize everything. We're now looking much more at the, the concept of optimization and, and certainly as a business, we're looking at optimization of operation, optimization of uh, safety, optimization of costs and, and, and uh, people. And I think uh, it's the people which is the which are the key to to any organization's success, whether it's uh, in Germany, German ship management or wherever that ship management uh, company might be. I, I think digitalization uh, only enhances uh, the people's performance. It certainly doesn't uh, replace it. And there's no intention by us to uh, replace uh, our, our people with uh, with digitalization. In your in, in your question, I, I prefer to talk about uh, rather than a digitalization project, I, I prefer to talk about uh, the people project. And I think all of us sitting on this panel, having come through this pandemic, realize that uh, uh, you know, it, unless we look after our people, uh, it's the people that matter. And if you look after your people, the, the business will, will, will take care of itself. So, yes, we are, of course, focusing on digitalization. And yes, digitalization, digitalized high tech businesses based in Germany will hopefully, uh, by their nature and, and by the definition, attract business. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, German shipping will be successful just because it's German. You know, we have to do something more and we have to show a real service and focus on that service and the quality of that service. And if we do that, then uh, we'll be successful as German shipping companies to the extent that anybody here on this panel is a German shipping company. I, I think we're all international. Uh, there's certainly German DNA in each and every one of us by um, by founder or by, by merger, but uh, we're, we're all international companies. I think that's key too. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Tim, um, in the past, uh, German shipping, uh, of course, has been facilitated by access to capitals, uh, equity from banks, which were uh, 
uh, investing uh, and uh, very solid clients with long, uh, long vision and long time term time charters. Um, now the situation is a little bit uh, different also because of uh, uh, leasing plans coming from Far East or also or because of uh, uh, special conditions which are dictated by, by big liners. But liquidity is uh, available as far as projects are green and uh, are innovative. Uh, do you think uh, that this uh, new way of energy, the, the proposal of new green project could be an opportunity um, uh, for uh, German shipping to gain the, 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 the attention of, of investors again? Uh, definitely, I, I think so. Um, but it's, of course, not not everything, as, as Mark mentioned and as Ian mentioned as well. So um, from the past, you mentioned the past and the significant growth of the German uh, fleet with uh, certain access to um, uh, to debt and as well to equity. That has changed totally. You mentioned uh, bare boat uh, models, which are more and more common for the liners, financing structures from Asia. And um, so we learned that for green technology, there is capital available, but now we are at the position that is the, the technology there, right? So we have we have the capital who's looking for a, a green uh, investments, green technology, but currently we are at a, yeah, at, a, at a transition period in between what should we order if we order a new vessel by today. So um, we see that there is a move to LNG, but um, some say that's only a transition. We will have CO2 in LNG in 2050 as well. And um, what should we uh, recommend to owners which are approaching us today and asking us, so um, I want to make a new build and what to recommend. So at the very moment, we just can recommend, for example, LNG. And is this green enough for, for, for investments? I'm not pretty sure. And um, what we learned in the previous, uh, in the previous uh, panel from Mr. Schacht is that um, they see that the cargo owner at the end is willing to pay a higher premium. And I think that is, that is one of the very important first steps in the beginning, because our experience from some five years ago when we were developing a 5,000 tube container project propelled by LNG was that the initial uh, project partner couldn't uh, make it any longer, but then uh, we tried to market this project with other liners. And um, the main answer what this was that day is that um, the cargo owners at the very moment are not willing to pay this premium. And if this changes, I think this is one of the very important steps ahead because that covers the demand side. And now we all need to see how we how we uh, get ahead on the technology side. And there are so many promising projects uh, all around. So, and we all, as we are sitting here on the panel in the conference, we need to, to cope with this challenge, right? So we know today we do not have this technology, the final technology, but it is, it is a step ahead and um, it will be smaller steps and sooner or later we will make it. And what will it be at the end? I guess that's the very problem in the very moment because um, you know all lifespan of a vessel 25 years. So if I go for LNG by today, and today is 2021, so then it means 2046. Okay, that's maybe enough to meet the target with a new vessel in 2050 for this specific vessel, but there are more vessels to come in the next year. So will there be a retrofit technology from LNG to a greener technology. And then of course, we are talking about retrofits for existing fleets and there we need to see what we can do. So we have currently a sail project for LR1 tanker and the results in the very beginning are quite promising, but that's of course not a final solution. So overall, I guess we need to start the voyage. We started the voyage already, um, but the voyage is long and it needs a, a lot of, um, yeah, 
strengths from, from all partners involved. So, I mean, I see that you see anyway an opportunity. I mean, this, uh, this, uh, this trend of, uh, of innovation for, uh, for boosting uh, a new project and uh, so uh, investing uh, uh, eventually new and fresh, fresh uh, um, capitals. Um, Frank, Mark was talking a lot about uh, uh, people, um, training and uh, human capital are, of course, uh, still a, a, an opportunity for, uh, for Germany, because uh, Germany is still a, a pool of uh, rich um, of, of tradition, experts, uh, engineers. Um, how, are you, how are you combining uh, uh, these elements with, the, with your internal training system? Um, I mean, for onshore and offshore multicultural personnel, which are working within, within your group, of course. No, definitely. Uh, thank you very much and, and, and good uh, hello to everybody. No, Mark is very right. It's a, it's a lot about people and it's very much about people. Uh, in, and in, in, uh, in our view, it's about people, it's about technology, and it's about how you add value. I think uh, what we have discussed here today is, uh, is, 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 is coming very much together, especially for Germany, because it's right that Germany is, uh, is changing from being a very strong, predominantly ship-owning country, having in-house management of their ship, uh, then uh, adding more to it and, and, and capitalizing on that, into a situation where the ship-owning is maybe less prominent and, uh, and the business of uh, ship management and associated services uh, is something that, uh, that, you have to, uh, that you have to compete more internationally uh, around. So you might have some strength in, in having in-house ownership, but, uh, uh, but going out into the markets, you're sort of in the same ball game as, uh, as everybody else. To, to, uh, uh, to go into that, uh, to that business, you, you need to have new talent coming in. And we see that uh, traditionally, uh, we have taken people with a seafaring background. We will do that in the future as well. Um, but we also uh, all, all know that the, uh, the people we traditionally have taken that are closer to our own culture, being that the uh, German or Northern European, uh, uh, are now getting less and less as a majority of seafarers are Asian or Eastern European and so on. Meaning that, uh, that we have to, uh, to get the, the, the human resources from these locations into, uh, uh, into our societies or into where we're operating. Uh, that would be, uh, uh, that, that, that is difficult because there's a, a cultural uh, thing that needs to be bridged. Uh, there are uh, issues around the free movement of uh, labor. Um, and there are, uh, uh, and, 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 and there are the, uh, the cost of uh, transferring people forward and back. So you need to, uh, you need to substitute, substitute what you have done in the past with, uh, uh, with, with something you can do in the future. And here, one of our large programs is what we call our graduate program. Where we, uh, where we take a number of young people graduating from technical universities and schools uh, around the world. We have uh, Brazil, we have uh, Singapore, Italy, France, uh, England, Germany, all, all over the place, where we take them in uh, on a two-year uh, graduate program, taking them through the business uh, in various parts of, uh, of what WeGroup is doing, which is, uh, of course, pretty much what, what, what all of us are doing. Uh, to see where do they have their skills, where do they have their interests, where do they have their strong points, take them through a number of educational projects. And in the end, we employ them in a place where uh, both we and they can see that they have the possibility to grow and add value. The, the challenge here is, of course, that they don't come in with hands-on technical skills. So we have to link them up with people who have that and develop that over, over time. Uh, but what we see is that we, uh, we do get a lot of the, the knowledge and the interaction of what is happening tomorrow. Uh, uh, because these people are coming out from institutions where you are obviously also looking into 
What is the reality of the tomorrow? How are we going to develop things? And then they get this knowledge with them, contrary to uh, most of uh, our industry in shipping, which is a little bit more reactive. So, so, uh, so this is where we get the uh, uh, where we look at. So it would be a combination. And is Germany the right place? Obviously, Germany has uh, great schools, uh, great facilities, a lot of good people. Uh, they have people who are interested in the in the more hands-on technical part. They are there are people that are more in the academic part. Uh, I, I, uh, I I must say, coming myself originally from a small country. Just like uh, just like Rob, we're just even less people than Rob uh, than Rob and his uh, compatriots. <laughs> then uh, I'm quite amazed on what you have in Germany because uh, you really have a broad skill base that is uh, worth working on. The challenge here is, and I think Ian was in uh, was into that one, is to change to go from the mindset of a traditional owner manager into being a third party manager because it is quite a different job. And it, it is quite a different way of thinking on adding value to, uh, to your process. Thank you very much, Frank. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Rob, uh, staying uh, still on, uh, on, uh, on the human, uh, human capital, all uh, the biggest uh, shipping company in, uh, in Germany, they have their own fueling uh, um, company. Um, and in Germany, uh, research institute uh, training facilities uh, they've been for sure uh, uh, reasons of the um, uh, the great su success for maritime industry in uh, in germany uh, but uh, in the last months how difficult has been for you uh, training these people um, managing your your crew and and also um, uh, doing their social social support I mean, your headquarters is in Germany, but of course you you are present also in uh, in Manila. Probably this uh, um, uh, this uh, footprint gave you um, uh, um, an help in uh, in managing this task already quite uh, quite difficult itself. Wow, where to start? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, wh wherever you are, uh, you you have to face the same problems, of course. Uh, the ships are flying are are sailing worldwide, you got to fly people out anyway. What amazes me is, and you say the last couple of months, well, it's nearly a year now. Eh? We went home on the 17th of March, and my fear was, it's not going to work. Are our IT systems up to this? What the hell are we going to do? But the systems held, the systems are still holding. And hey, it's become almost like a new normal. But I'm actually amazed that we managed to do so many crew changes still. I'm amazed that we managed to take over new ships for new customers. Uh, some of it diverting it, um, well, by hook or by crook, you would almost say, slipping through uh, the uh, before a regulatory change happens. Um, and of course, there have been the, uh, the terrible disappointments that crewing departments have been working flat out to get a crew change finally done. And then the ship misses a support call or uh, the regulations change or somebody dreams of something new or a reliever test positive and up, there you go again. It's been a, a real nightmare. Still amazed that we managed to do so many changes and taking on new ships. But if you put the whole, the whole problem of, of crewing, crew exchange, crew fatigue, safety of ships and crew, if you put it in perspective, then you only have to look at the Neptune Declaration to see what the hell is going on. Right, here's the Neptune Declaration. 310 correct me if I'm wrong, 20 or 314 companies, big names are signing up together and say, right, we got to do something here. This, this crew crisis is becoming a real, real problem. Not just for the people who are, well, over the limits, over the top, they're, they're gone. They, they, they need to get off, uh, not just because their contract is finished, but they are finished. They themselves recognize they're becoming a safety risk. So people get together, they present it at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Beautiful. What do you see in the press? What have we seen? One article that has been regurgitated a bit in internal shipping press. One small article on BBC World News, sort of way down the app and way down the, web, the website. Then the next day there's a presentation on decarbonization, boof, all over the place. Decarving is the big thing. Well, it could have been digitization, of course. But that happened to be decarving. Good. So again, it shows that the realization that, well, 
shipping keeps the lights on in the world, that shipping is just vital for the whole economy to keep going, that shipboard staff, seafarers, are no threat to any healthcare system in the world because they're, they're passing through these countries of transfer. You can keep them isolated, Christ, you can put them in, in a little van, uh, put plastic around it and drive them to the airport, uh, in, in a matter of speaking. But the reluctance of authorities, of governments, of ports to really help and say, right, we're going to make this work because A, these people are tired and need to get home, that's a human right. B, they're becoming a safety issue and then we'll have oil on the beach or an explosion in a port or a big collision. Oh, you know, every, who's going to be blamed then again? The realization isn't there. Now, why? Several of the previous speakers have said it already. Uh, we're, we're a bit of an industry on our own. We have to scurry around to find people uh, interested to join us in the future. We don't win or lose votes. We are perhaps just a small polluter, but of course we do pollute a hell of a lot because the volume is still enormous. You know what? We're not popular, are we? We are not the people who fly you to your holiday destination. And well, I've, I've always wondered why people put the name on the, of their company on the side of a ship or on a container box, because nobody cares on which box, in, on which ship, the new flat screen TV in the, the local store arrived. Pretty invisible until, of course, there's oil and feathers on CNN, and then uh, we're making the news again. Now, that understanding, shipping is absolutely vital to world economy. Ship, seafarers are no threat to national health systems. You can isolate that, get them through. All right, here was the Neptune Declaration. Great initiative. We signed up for it, of course, as well, uh, to, to understand that seafarers should be key workers, that we need to get the airlines involved, to create hubs and corridors to get the people home. Uh, the charters have to understand that they're in it too. And if they insist on clauses in the charter parties that uh, deviation for crew exchange is not allowed and puts the ship off higher, they think, well, come on, what are we doing now? Uh, if you are really serious about keeping containers off the beach or oil off feathers, well, then you have to play your part as well in making sure that the people have a safe working environment. Now, another one that came in this week, and I love that one, the, the yearly um, seafarer happiness index or survey, the thing that is produced by the missions to uh, uh, seafarers now, and not seamen anymore, seafarers. Excellent. And what does it say? Well, something that we as ship managers have known forever. Little things go a long way. Mark said it. Concentrate on your people. Work with them. Their social happiness. They're, they're feeling good about what they're doing. Uh, belong to a company. Um, it's about getting a better gym equipment so you can actually do a bit of physical exercise on board and not just live in a tin box uh, and, and work. Really true. Wi-Fi. Well, hang on. You know what happens when you're searching for a Wi-Fi connection. Eh? Um, things can go really badly wrong. Well, these little things have a big, big, big effect on crew morale and perhaps even on attracting people to this weird and wonderful industry. What a surprise. Did we not know that? Of course we knew it. But hey, it's always somebody who has to pay for these things. Right? This, this stuff doesn't happen by itself. Somebody needs to fork out money for it. And that, in the end, is still what drives the business and what drives the change. And okay, if, when we get into uh, the bigger topics of uh, what non-crew related matters, uh, every change has to come through legislation, regulation, possibly driven by accidents, but it's not going to come out of the ethics and good feeling of us in the industry. It has to be driven, has to be driven by outside, and then it will be done. Now, when Tim says that five years ago, um, no shipper wanted to, uh, to pay for uh, cleaner technology because it wasn't required. It wasn't mandatory yet. So why would they do it? Now it becomes a thing. And not just because the regulations are changing, but because financiers know that over the next two years, your green footprint, your ESG profile, your sustainability yeah, image will become a major deciding factor in whether you can attract money to invest in ships. But whatever the reason is, it's coming there now, it's, it's getting done. You can only afford it. Now, then you asked, uh, well, back to the crewing thing, of course. I, I sort of sideswept your, your topic a bit. Um, own your own crewing business? Well, yeah, of course, because it's people. We own a few computers and a few desks, and that's it. Well, a couple of company cars, perhaps, but that's it. The rest is people, so you need to invest in people. You need to be close to them. 
doesn't mean that we have our own crewing companies all over the world, of course. We're not that big, absolutely not. Um, training, we don't do training in Germany anymore. We do training at source with the people. Uh, keeping, keeping contact with people during this COVID pandemic, uh, not being able to go and see them, the traditional crew meetings, uh, go out into the province of the Philippines and meet the people at their home, not possible, of course. But this is a similar thing to what we found when we moved the whole company home in March 2020. Sorry. It works. Teams works. Teams training works. You can hit hundreds of people at the same time in their own time zone, at their own convenience. They don't need to sit in a boring hotel room for a day or so, but you do topical, focused training over teams. It works. Oh, okay, there's, there's hands-on training that you will still need to do in person. Sorry, Pino, well, can we get on to the next question? I'm, I'm sorry, Fred, but, but Rob, but we, we, we're not really talking, we're not asking, we're not having a debate here. Yeah, yeah, sure, sorry, sure, 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 sure. I was, I was sorry, I'm terribly sorry. I thought you get us the time signal, I didn't. No, sorry, sorry, sorry for, uh, for that. Um, thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marco, also for, uh, for your suggestion. Yeah. Uh, Mikael. Let's, uh, let's talk again about uh, innovation, uh, which probably could be a, a springboard also for, uh, again, for, for Germany. I mean, uh, the recent uh, joint venture between uh, uh, Williamson and, uh, um, and ThyssenKrupp uh, will position them for sure like leaders uh, in a maritime additive manufacturing technology um, and uh, will offer uh, for sure, uh, a more cost-effective uh, process in obtaining spare parts. But do you see this uh, additive manufacturing really a, an opportunity for, uh, for the shipping? Are you ready to, to produce uh, spare parts and consumables with this uh, uh, technology? And uh, Germany is still the biggest uh, uh, marine components uh, supplier in the world. How, how do you see this an opportunity for, for Germany as a, as a front runner and a, and a big um, key, key role? Yes, I, I will keep it short, uh, very short, so the others are, are on as well. I like the idea very much, and, and we are ready for that. We, um, as Arenkiel, we cooperated with a, a company like Ramlab in the Netherlands. They produced the first, first uh, propeller in 3D printing. And this is really very exciting if you visit them. They are in a, in a dock in Rotterdam and it's like a big playground for, for adults who are interested in the maritime industry. And um, Vincent Wegener, the, the MD of Ramlab calls this, they want to be the Spotify of spare parts. So you, you just have an abo on drawings and on, on um, the engineering and then you, you produce your spare part wherever you want in 3D hubs. And I think the Williamson joint venture is taking this up to another stage. Ramlab was more scientific and uh, Williamson and ThyssenKrupp is really industry and, and it's very exciting. And I think it's, it's a big move um, forward and, and we are certainly in it and we, we want to contribute. The question on Germany, I think, and that this has been said quite a lot, uh, Germany is basically ready because we have especially the universities and the big maritime industry supporting very educated people. So I think they will, will play a role, but it's an international business and other countries are, are quite advanced as well. But, but in addition, I think Germany is also becoming a breeding ground for maritime startups, especially in Hamburg and Berlin. So that will support this move and, and I hope so. Very good. Uh, Mark, um, Colombia um, has undergone a steady growth in the in the last uh, in the last years. Uh, cases like uh, Saudi Aramco and the CSM Italy. Um, do you see in uh, really in consolidation uh, the real answer to the shipping uh, industry in uh, in Germany? Uh, thanks, Pino. Uh, be very quick on this. Uh, I, when we talk about consolidation, it, it sometimes gets um, muddled up with the, the 
the argument of size and does size matter? Uh, I, I think size matters. Of course, size matters because uh, you can achieve huge economies of scale through size. You can uh, have uh, the investment in technology and digitalization. You can bring the sort of uh, people on board that uh, Frank was talking about and, and innovative, ambitious, uh, young quality people. But uh, size matters, quality service uh, matters more. And I think that's really, really important. I don't think consolidation for consolidation's sake is uh, the way ahead. I don't think growth for growth's sake is the way ahead. We're certainly not a company that has grown uh, by um, acquisition or, or, or buying management functions. We grow through JVs where those JVs make sense. Make sense to whom? Make sense to the client that we, uh, we want to serve. And I think this business to succeed in Germany or anywhere else has to remember its service routes uh, and remember to be client facing. Ian talked about um, services and providing uh, a menu of services to the client. Yes, uh, we would agree and our profile is very similar with one difference, I think, and that is, uh, and I, I, I know he I know him when the organization well, so I know it's the same. The focus is on the, the management service. We have to remember our roots uh, and everything else that comes uh, alongside that. If the client needs it is all well and good. But if you take your mind off, if you take your eye off the, the ship management only to go for perhaps the more lucrative uh, services, then uh, you take your eye off the quality side uh, of the service. And that's something that uh, we've seen happen in the past when there's just a, 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 the objective is growth and growth alone. And that's not a path that, that we as a business and, and, and I'm sure none of the, the other panelists want to go down. So there is room for consolidation. There's room for huge consolidation in Germany. I think some of the smaller ship managers may be hanging on by their fingernails. Uh, I would encourage, uh, I would invite uh, them to uh, to talk to us or anybody else uh, and look to see what creative uh, joint venture structures that can take place to preserve uh, them and the, the the particular qualities that they will inevitably bring to bear in any joint venture um, and also preserve the livelihoods of the people because Germany has a lot to offer I really do think that whether it's a uh, ship management or in the services that that that, that Ian is talking about Exactly. Mark, thanks a lot. Uh, Ian, briefly to, to come back to you. I mean, recently, I have to quote you again. Recently, you said um, a brutal reality for small managers. How, how I mean, this is exactly uh, the, the, the way. I mean, managers which are really specialized in, uh, in specific niche of the market, um, uh, Otherwise, they have, they, have to, they have to gain some, uh, some opportunities of, of consolidation. What, what do you think? Well, um, I think one of the big problems we face um, in our business is the, is the low uh, fee levels. Um, we compete with each other very fiercely and um, somehow uh, potential customers are often only comparing the, the management fee and um, in order to, to save $20,000 a year, they, they, they ignore the, the quality records, the standards. Um, basically, that, that means that um, one has to have a, a scale business in order to, to, to actually earn a profit. Um, so that's why I find it must be very tough for the smaller organizations to, to cover their costs because you have to employ a lot of uh, specialist people. You have to invest a lot in, in your systems, uh, in your response teams. So um, without a certain scale, um, it's very difficult to, to earn enough to, to make, a, make a profit, um, potentially different in a, in a niche business where you can uh, have a different remuneration structure. But uh, I think it's also time that, uh, that us ship managers um, stop competing with each other so fiercely on, on fees and uh, we can compete rather on on the quality of our, of our services because um, I think our customers are, are able to pay a reasonable fee for what they get from us. Thank you, Jan. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Going back to, to technology, 
Um, Tim, please. Um, NSB Group uh, um, now bears the title of uh, Top 100. The jury of the German Innovation Award has chosen your company as the most innovative, uh, one of the most innovative 100 company in Germany. And NSB is the only company in the shipping and the shipbuilding category. Um, Innovation is for sure an opportunity, a great opportunity for, for, the, for the German shipping. Uh, what, what do you think about this? I mean, do you see this really like, uh, like an opportunity? And, uh, and why the, the jurors, they have, uh, they have uh, chosen NSB, NSB group? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, thanks for that. Um, so of course, in the very beginning, we are very happy to receive this award and um, you mentioned we are the only one in shipping, so um, of course we were not aware that that the others are not participating, and it was a quite a number of participants, and and that we made it at the end uh, under this uh, 100 in in this in this segment in Germany is of course very nice, and we are very proud of that. And um, Mark said it, Ian said it, and. Um, we have had um, or we, we have a history as a ship manager but we have as well seen uh, difficult years in the past so and then of course there's the question how to how to handle this and there was the only way was forward and if you talk about forward what does it mean so um, we have this uh, fee subject and um, that is of course something uh, you cannot sign your own contract right you have to have to face what the market is providing, but we tried very early to to work on our process, to work on our cost structure, to work on uh, all these things. And for example, we are working with the uh, University of Hamburg since ten years with one dedicated professor, and have had I wouldn't wouldn't say one hundred students over all the times, but a lot. And uh, some of our management positions are uh, recruited uh, from this uh, program, and that is as well what. Um, uh, what Frank said that you need to find the right people. So with these right people, provide them space, provide them creativity, um, and let them just figure it out, right? So we are in the transition period and um, how does ship management look in the future? I do not have an answer yet, but definitely different than in the past. And um, so from that point of view, um, this underlines possibly uh, the activities we did in the in the past, and as it was mentioned as well, we are since two years with in the digital hub logistic in Hamburg. We have uh, promising projects with some startups. We have implemented some of these projects already. So that's the path we are working on in in the surrounding we can right. So um, um, we are definitely not the biggest one in this round, but um, at least we know how we serve our clients and um, we know their demands. And at the end, it's all about that, right? Making our customers satisfied and trying to provide them new, new technology over time. This does not mean that we are working on the H2 power plant, but um, at the end, uh, we need someone who manage all this and digitalization is definitely a step to this direction. And, Maybe that's a sum up of why we have been within these 100. Thank you so much, Tim. Frank, uh, among uh, the, the service that you are uh, providing, there is also the installation of uh, uh, and the commissioning of uh, scrubbers. But scrubbers, as we, we were hearing also from the previous panelists uh, and from previous panel, is a, a short term solution to the, to the environment question today. Um, which other uh, proposals, which other solution you are uh, giving to your clients? Bio, uh, fuel, uh, hydrogen, um, different arrangement for the engines. And uh, because we are talking about Germany and more, some of the biggest uh, engine makers are in, in Germany, do you think this could be a, a real opportunity for, uh, for, uh, for the German shipping industry? I'm very certain that it's a big opportunity for, for the German industry. And, uh, and as we know, in the rest of the world, nobody is sitting with idle hands, looking at uh, waiting for the Germans to, uh, to find out how to do this. 
So, so we have to be in the forefront and, and very much like uh, Tim and his team has been, you know, we have, to, uh, uh, we have to get to know more. I think when we talk to our customers, it's very difficult to say you should go this way or you should go that way. I, I think a uh, few of us, if any, would like to be, uh, to, be very <laughs> uh, to be very one-sided on saying this is the right way to go. We talk about the options and the opportunities and how much can you do uh, in order to cover as wide a space as possible. But I think there's something that is even more important. Scrubbers are scrubbers, they're here, they, they, they are just taking care of a small part of the problem and, and they have their own, uh, own rights. But what is even more important is, well, all the other stuff you can do to reduce hydrocarbons, everything, because I'm very convinced, and that is what at least I talk to all our customers about is that we are going to see taxes in many forms and shapes coming on anything that looks like hydrocarbons. So it's all about how we manage that whole thing until we are getting into the next step. And I think they're interesting. There's the small scale nuclear batteries. Uh, there is hydrogen, there is ammonia, there's all this. And, and I think some of these are really real and some of it will probably go together because it's too expensive to make hydrogen any, anywhere else than, 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 than using a, 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 some cheap power. Right? So I think there are, are quite opportunities out there. And, and Germany is one of these countries that should really be in front. Otherwise, the Chinese are going to run with it. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank you so I, much. I leave uh, hopefully a minute for Rob. Thank Frank you. So we are at the end of, uh, of, the, of the session. Um, I would like to, to thank, uh, uh, of course, all of you for your, uh, for your contribution and uh, for being uh, with, the, with, the, with us. Thank you, Pino. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Great panel. Great panel. Thanks. Thank you. And a very Thank lively you. one. Nicolas, I think we were just in time. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much. Italian time schedule. If nothing else, we made the timing. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting, lively. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.